everybody, it's Matt. Before we jump into the show today, I have a major announcement. The Investigators Toolbox app is live. That's right. You can access this amazing website from your phone. We have versions available on iOS and on Android. All you have to do is visit the App Store and download and get started today. If you're a member of the community already, I encourage you to go in and download a version and uh, get logged in and you can access everything right from your phone. If you're not a member, go check it out. www investigators-toolbox.com or you can go to the app store investigators toolbox hope to see you in the community soon cross tracks case management system that is what we are talking about today are you using a case management system what are you waiting for if you don't use a case management system you really need to look into implementing that into your business regimen i've been at it with cross tracks now a little over a year and it's just been a game changer for my business they are SOC 2 certified, SOC 2 Type 2 certified. If you don't know what that means, it means that their encryption system is second to none. And you have to go through a whole screening process to figure out uh, if you can even qualify for that, and they have. So you know with certainty your data is being protected. I don't think there's another case management system out there that offers that same ability to have the SOC 2 Type 2 certification. As you guys know, I've been uh, you know singing the praises of Crosstracks, and uh, I really believe in this product, and I believe you should check it out. Contact Brad, contact Pat, uh, one of the team members over there, and see if it's right for you. Crosstracks case management system, check it out today. Reliable evidence, whether in the form of video, witness statements, open source research, is critical to success in litigation and alternative dispute resolution. For nearly 40 years, the legal, corporate, and insurance communities have placed their trust in Stumar Investigations to deliver secure intelligence and actionable results. Led by Stuart Drobny, Stumar offers investigative and litigation support services across a diverse set of practice areas, including insurance, business intelligence, intellectual property, telecommunications, and family law matters. Headquartered outside of Philadelphia, Stumar is licensed throughout the Mid-Atlantic States, Florida, and maintains a trusted network of global partners to handle the most complex of cases. Call 800-355-1199 or email info at stumarinv.com and reference PI Perspectives for a free consultation, training, or partnership opportunities. Visit stumarinv.com for more information. Welcome to PI Perspectives. Today, we take a look at the perspective of Megan Novak from Archaeo Investigations. Megan has built a great investigation business in New Jersey and specializes in criminal defense and surveillance work. So let's drop in on these two and get the show rolling. Please welcome Megan Novak and your host, private investigator, Matt Spare. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of PI Perspective. This is Matt Sperry, your host. Today, we have Megan Novak from Archeo Investigations out in New Jersey. Megan, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. I heard you on PI Magazine, the podcast, a few months ago. It was great. I was like, wow, this is a gal who really understands the industry and doing surveillance work. I'm like, I want to have her on the show. Let's wait a little bit. And uh, I reached out to you and, and we, we found a date that works and today's yeah. the day. So thanks. Uh, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me again. Yeah, no problem. No problem. So what is your background? So I've been a private investigator for, I think, a little over 15 years now. So it was my first job out of college. Um, I went to St. Peter's in Jersey City, got my bachelor's in criminal justice, um, I interned with the Public Defender Service of DC in 2003. Right. Uh, so that's kind of what like got my feet wet with investigative work, and that's really where I knew, um, you know, that that's what I wanted to do. Right. Um, then after college, I waited tables and bartended for quite some time before I was like, okay, I should, you know, start applying for real jobs. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, it's crazy that waiting tables and bartending was actually setting you up for the work that we do. Like Absolutely. I'm a big believer in that. Like the folks that work for me that are entry level, like they all had like waiter and waitressing backgrounds. Cause I always thought good customer service, right. Understanding right. how to talk to people, having social skills and not just being a, a complete introvert. So it's, it's funny that you're, you're, you're downplaying that experience. Like, Oh, I just did that, but it really sets you up for, you know, 
what you're doing now. It does. It does build your personal skills, especially with like knocking on doors or, you know, just getting information out of neighbors or whatever it might be. Yeah. You know, you learn how to talk to people. It was a good balance because it was like I did so much surveillance. I was alone so much during the day that then, you know, going to bartend at night, it kind of was a release to be able to actually talk to people. Yeah. So So I got a question for Um, you. Did did they make you wear like a bunch of flair or, or were you good? A lot of buttons. No, and, and none of the places that I worked at, I had to do that. I actually worked at um, Arthur's Tavern. I'll, you know, throw their name out there. I worked there for a long time in yeah. Morse Plains. Yeah. They're a very popular steakhouse. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I've heard um, of it. And then, you know, then I went to Morristown and then I went to Hoboken. Right. You know, that whole. Well, you made the big time when you went to Hoboken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you were lucky to park your car, you could go in and have a drink oh, yeah. somewhere. There was plenty of nights where my car got towed where I was like, I'll be fine. And yeah. then, <laughs> you walk out at four in the morning and you're like, gosh, you know. When I was younger, like there was a girl who I met and she was like, we were, it was nice. We were hitting it off. It was having a good time. And I was like, I can't date you anymore. She's like, why? I'm like, you live in Hoboken. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I can't park. It's a pain. <laughs> That was not, I mean, working there was fun, but, um, yeah. you know, that whole car situation is not fun. <laughs> terrible. Terrible. All right. So, uh, what, let's talk about your internship. Like what is, what does that internship look like? And how did that, that mold you and, and make you really decide like, Hey, this is something I really would like to get involved with and do. So even, um, you know, I know there's a lot of things going on in the world right now, as far as, um, the justice system goes, but even back then, you know, I was, say 18, 19, I guess at the time of my internship, I was like 21. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to get into public defense, uh, criminal defense work. Okay. So um, I applied for a couple of different internships and decided to take that one. So it was basically, you know, like interviewing witnesses, um, serving subpoenas, scene investigations, canvassing neighborhoods, um, that sort of thing. And, right. you know, building a, a building a relationship with the client, which was always a very important um, even now, like I, yeah, I still do criminal defense work and, sure. you know, that is the, to me, it's building the trust with the client is really just such a huge thing. So with working at the public defender's office, they definitely trained me to be able to do that. Um, so that's kind of what, you know, I didn't do surveillance back then or anything like that with that internship, but right. as far as knowing how to kind of put the pieces together and formulate you know, conduct an investigation from start to finish, that right. internship definitely molded me. And it definitely confirmed too, that that's what I wanted to do. Right. So, um, so like a whole methodology of basically how to, yeah. how to do this business that exactly. helped mold your idea. Um, I can relate to that. I think the first job out of college I had was very similar, right? It, it involved a lot of traveling. So we were going to eight or nine different locations a day and doing you know, whatever investigative work they were hiring us to do was on right. the retail side. Uh, but that whole scheduling and, 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 and the report writing that had to go behind it, you know, th- right. these were all invaluable lessons I learned from a guy who, you know, really didn't do so great in English in uh, you know, in high school and, and struggled a little bit in college and, and math was not my forte, but when you become a business owner and it's your money, the numbers, you know, they become <laughs> important and uh, you learn real quick. you're writing reports. The English becomes very important. You know, it, when it's your thing, it kind of, you know, it takes that route, but yeah, it's interesting. Like every, every job that I've, I've had definitely I've taken something from it and put it towards the next thing that I'm doing. Um, even now these days, you know, all the, the things that I do, um, you know, a lot of that, those ideas or or just the methodology of doing something spawned from back in the day when I started doing stuff. So that's, that's really great. You know, just kind of, kind of understanding. So, how did you make that decision? Like, okay, I, I want to open my own thing. And, and how'd you get started with that? Um, I think that, so while I was waiting tables, I started applying for jobs. Um, and my first job was with a, being a private investigator with a firm out of South Jersey, um, small little thing. And um, that kind of, you know, spun me in the direction of me knowing that that's exactly what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I did try to try being a paralegal, I wanted to go to law school. Yeah. I wanted to be a divorce attorney. Um, I wanted to get my degree in forensic psych right. from John Jay. Right. You know, none of those things panned out. And then after working for a couple companies, you know, I worked for, I think, like two nationwide companies, those large PI firms. And I was just like, why am I not doing this myself? Right. You know, they yeah. were lugging me into New York and Brooklyn, Queens and all of that every 
every day, every other day. And I was like, I'm sick of this. And I know that I could do this myself and I can do a better job myself, yeah. you know? So then once I hit the requirements for the state to get licensed, I applied and I got it. And I guess it's like eight years later, I'm still trucking along here. That's awesome. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. I, I can, uh, I, I can relate to having that background for me. You know, I didn't do, I wasn't per se a paralegal, but it kind of was, you know, I was working, yeah in-house as an investigator for a law firm, right? So okay. they had me doing everything. I mean, I was literally drafting like motions and notice of claims and things like that. So yeah, I had that. I'm going to be a lawyer until I went to you know court one too many times. I was like, there's way too many people here. I'm never going to make it. <laughs> so that, that's cool. That's a, a great, uh, a great story of just uh, kind of finding your way and, and doing what you need to do. And yeah. uh, eight years. That's awesome. That's really, uh, yeah. really it was definitely, you know, you it's a weird time in your twenties. You kind of yeah. struggle, you go back and forth of what you think you should be doing instead of maybe looking back. I kind of wish I just wasn't so uptight about it and just kind of let things happen naturally. But yeah. again, looking back, it's like, I'm happy the way that everything did work out, you know, yeah, so. definitely, definitely. Um, you know, it, 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 it's crazy. Cause like when you're that age, you think, you know, everything, you know, by the time I was right. 27, I was like, ah, I know everything, you know, and then, then I hit 30. I'm like, ah, I know everything. And then I hit 35. I'm like, I know everything. And then like when I'm 38, I'm like, I know nothing. I know nothing. <laughs> like I finally matured and admit that I don't know anything. That I know it. nothing thing hit yeah. me at like 36 or something. I'm like, what? Yeah. No, I'm like, I don't know anything at all. My kids teach me new things every day. <laughs> you know, really, uh, really good stuff. Um, so your operation, is it just you or do you have folks that work with you too? I have people that work for me. Um, I do a lot of the, I handle the criminal defense cases myself. Okay. Um, a lot of the times with the serving papers, I do that. I enjoy that. So right. I do it myself. Yeah. Um, so basically the people that work for me do surveillance. Yeah. And especially in, you know, this is like busy season for surveillance right now. So it starts to pick up, you know, March and then kind of dwindles down a little bit in October. Right. Um, so with the overlapping of cases, um, but I'm still very active in, all of the, you know, all of my cases That's that great. I get. That's great. Yeah. Um, I, I'm remembering back with process serving. So I used to do a lot of process serving uh, when yeah. I started and I always took the approach where I tried to like educate the person I was serving, you know, it's like, cause you know, somebody shows up your door and they're handing you a piece of paper and it says you're being sued. They're like, Oh crap. You know, like, right. like you could literally see their hand shaking and they're like super nervous. It's like, it's going to be okay. Just call your your insurance company, give them a copy of it. Don't ignore this. You don't want a default judgment. It's really hard to get out of it, right. out of that, you know, and just kind of giving them a little bit of a, you know, instruction. I remember there was this one time I was serving somebody. It was late at night. It was like up in Westchester, like a really nice property. Um, and uh, the lady called the cops on me. She's like, I'm going to call the cops. I'm like, go right ahead. <laughs> so she called the cops, bubblegum lights on, they come, da, da, da. you know, like, what are you doing here? I show them my license. I, you know, the PI license, I show them the, um, my process serving cards and all that. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm serving papers. And the cop looks over at the lady and goes, you got to take these. <laughs> you know, so I was like vindication. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Call the cops. That's fine. Yeah. might be my guest. Uh, you know, serving was crazy. The one thing I would say about process serving as a business owner it's tough, man. The margins are so small on that, like to make yeah. a buck. I know, like I have friends that own process serving companies and I'm just like, how do you do it? They're like thousands. I don't know those, like those big companies. I don't really know how they do it. Class action lawsuits. Yeah, no, they do class action suits. That's the only oh, way they stay okay. in business because you know, they're going to serve hundreds. It's like, they, it's like, Oh, if we don't serve the papers, you don't get charged. And it's yeah, just, that's nonsense. That's not good for our business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. But I'm smart about it. Yeah. I'm not going to go, you know, well, now with the with the pandemic, it's a little bit different because people are home. But yeah. before that, it's like you don't go knocking on somebody's door at one o'clock on a Monday. You yeah. know, you go in the evening, you go on the weekend you have to be smart about it. So it also the client's happy and you're also not wasting your own time. Sure, sure. I tell you what we're doing, though, is we're cleaning up a lot of a lot of issues and messes, not from other process servers per se, but from companies that have been went out of business. So okay. you have all these actions that started pre-COVID with restaurants that need to get served that are 
no longer in business with doctor's right. offices. You know, we need to get copies of, of x-rays and MRIs and things like that. And they're shuttered. Okay. So who's, who's maintaining those records, right? Tracking those people down and doing it. So it's been very interesting this past year. Um, I, I would say my firm doesn't really do process serving other, you know, like I have an, an arm, which is another company that does it for me. Um, yeah. But we do get called in when other process serving companies kind of fail and then we need to find the people to, to do what we need to do. So that's right. very interesting. Yeah. Very cool stuff. I don't know. I enjoy it. You've got that little aspect to it. Today, we, we, I wanted to talk to you actually about surveillance. Uh, we're going we're gonna to jump into that more after we take uh, a break here. But what are some of the other things that, that your company does? So we do scene investigations, you know, some plaintive work as far as that's concerned, uh, witness statements. Um, that kind of falls under like the special investigative unit. Right. Um, so that's more witness statements, scene investigations. Um, I guess serving papers can kind of fall fall into that. Right. Um, and then um, surveillance is big. We don't get too many domestic cases. I've, I've definitely found like a, a dwindle. You know, they're just not as popular as they used to be. I guess people are pretty capable of catching right. their cheating partner on their own now. <laughs> so social media will do that to you. Um, <laughs> Guys are stupid. <laughs> hey, girls are stupid too. Yeah. It's not just one way. Right. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and then it's just, you know, surveillance for insurance cases and sure. the criminal defense work. The criminal defense work is really what I, what kind of lights that fire in my belly. Okay. Um, you know, you could sit, I could sit in the car all day, but if I really get excited, it's definitely because I have some sort of criminal defense case. So before we jump out for a break, tell me about the criminal defense. Like what was one of the, the crazier cases that you worked on that really caught you by surprise, how it ended up working out? Ooh, I don't know if I can really talk about it. Oh, if, all right. Don't, like, don't, don't, don't violate anything. <laughs> some of them are like on a, like a federal level. Okay. So any, anything that, that you can just give me generalities where, you know, let's talk um, about a situation maybe where you thought it was going to be one way and it turned out being another. Hmm. Well, the only, I can't really answer that, but what I can say is I'm working on a very important case right now where, um, a man is wrongfully convicted of being in prison for murder. Um, mm -hmm. he's been in there since 2006. Wow. So, um, I'm working very closely with the attorney and with him and his family to put everything together. Um, he's appealed the case so many times. But I think that right now with me and the attorney, I think that he has the right people behind him, you know, yeah. and even with that type of case like that, that like touches me and, you know, my heart or whatever. Yeah, you know? no, so it's, it's, it's like, good stuff. I'm not even doing it for it's not about like, oh, I'm going to make so much money off of surveillance. It's like the criminal defense work. It's like, you know, you need there. There's humanity in that and, yeah. you know, helping being able to help him. And if we can get him out of there, like that's a huge it's a huge thing. You yeah. Know, so. is, isn't it all panel anyways? Like pretty much as far as fees go, like it's all set, right? Like a judge yeah, will tell yeah. you what, what, how yeah. much you're getting. But with, that. you know, with that, it's just, I don't think that anybody should ever really feel like they can't get proper representation in the court system because they can't yeah. financially afford it. No, you're absolutely right. That's probably why he's in the, in that situation in the first place. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, you're absolutely um, right. Absolutely right. I, you know, I, I reflect on that movie, uh, Just Mercy, if, you, if you've ever seen it. Um, you know, just to, that's a game changer. Like, I, I remember watching that and just being so anxious. <laughs> I looked over my work. It's called Just Mercy. About a guy down in the South uh, back in the 60s that's wrongfully accused of murder. And he okay. ends up in I'll there for a long time. It. Yeah. Um, I want to say it's it revolves around the, um, the, uh, the poverty law center down there. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, it's worth checking out. It's Michael B. Jordan, really, uh, really good movie. Okay. And uh, I, I was just so anxious watching it. You know, I'm just relating to like, as an investigator, like doing that kind of work. Like, yeah. it takes a certain type of person. Like, I don't, I don't know if I'm cut from that cloth. Not because I can't <laughs> Not do it. Not everybody is. And yeah, I think it's just that's it, important. Just as an investigator yeah. in general, is to realize, you know, what what you can do and what you can't do. You know, and what cloth you're cut from. Yeah. It's just like the anxiousness of it. You know, it, it, I don't know. I don't think I could sleep at night, <laughs> but you know, it, you know, it, does, it riles me up, yeah. you know, and it does some nights it does me, it does keep you awake a little bit because your mind is going, Yeah, you know, and you're trying to piece things together and what can I do? And, yeah, you know, and I, then there's almost some sort of like guilt within you too. That's like, what if it, 
doesn't work out the way that I wanted to, you know, right. then you carry that with you too. Right. Could have so. done it this way. Should have done that way. Why didn't I see that? You right. know, like that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And then, you know, only oh, by the way, you got to go to, you know, for me anyways, you got to go to Southern district of New York and to talk to a, a federal court uh, uh, judge. Like you're part of that. It's super intimidating. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm fascinated by yeah. it, but like, I think that overall, like the criminal defense cases I've worked on, I mean, you know, it's not like everybody gets off, yeah. but they do get lower sentences. I tell you, you know, my, my one one experience, I've done a little bit of criminal, not too much. And, and the federal court thing was actually, I'm, I make jokes about it. It wasn't awful, but it was crazy yeah. to see how how judges are revered in that in that Oh, yeah, way. yeah. Um, so my one of my experiences with a criminal case was somebody who was wrongfully accused. She was caught up in a scam with one of these uh, no-fault uh, shops where they were billing um for services they weren't doing and she was actually legitimate the problem was she got offered money to to treat which was a no-no even though she had a legitimate injury uh she should have been treating but they they offered her money to make sure she went to this particular facility so she got involved in all that stuff and and we were working the back end and we were getting a lot of information that was going to probably help her be exonerated and then she just took a plea she's like yeah i can't take it anymore i'll just do the time that they want it's not that unreasonable and i'll get out and I was frustrated, man. I was like, you're innocent. Why are you doing that? Why do you do that? Sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's super crazy. And that's really um, most of my criminal work. <laughs> I haven't done too much. A little bit. A little bit. But, I, you know, I, I tend to, you know, when I do get those calls, I have some great resources that spe- people that I know that specialize in this stuff that I just handed off to them. You know, like, here you go. You're in the, you're in yeah. the right hands. Um, I mean, the majority of the cases I've had are, you know, like drug charges, you know, right. that type of thing. Yeah. Um, which to me, I don't, I don't know. I don't find that as serious as like murder or right. you know something like yeah. that especially if it's marijuana here <laughs> like new jersey yeah, new york exactly. like hey well, smoke them if you got them you know <laughs> <laughs> not a big deal um okay so we're going to jump out and take a break so uh, everybody okay. sit tight and we will be right back Delft Point keeps on advancing. The commonality search is here. The new data is unlike anything they currently offer and will go in depth into your target's assets and relationships. Use them on everything from jury research and associate connections to business investigations and fraud cases. You don't want to miss these. Visit DelftPoint.com for more details. Sign up and use code PIP20 for additional savings. Are you overwhelmed with your current case log? Could you use some help with your skip trace assignments? With Merlin Locate Services, rather than adding staff, you can add an entire skip trace department of licensed private investigators who specialize in skip tracing. Check out MerlinLocate.com today. When you work with Merlin Locate Services, you bring on a valuable experience and trusted extension to your team. Check out the PI Institute of Education at PIInstitute.com. Since 1989, Kelly Riddle has been teaching on subjects such as surveillance, nursing home investigations, insurance fraud, domestic investigations, hidden assets, and accident scene investigations. The PI Institute of Education is a featured learning partner in the investigatorstoolbox.com. So check out the free content on the site, then visit the Institute for more great savings on additional classes. Have you heard about the NALI Conference on July 23rd through June 25th? NALI heads to San Antonio, Texas for the premier live conference event of the year. You don't want to miss this great opportunity. Visit NALI.com to learn more. And Matt will be featuring some of the speakers in the next few weeks. And welcome back to PI Perspectives. This is Matt Sperry, your host. Uh, Today we are here with Megan Novak uh, from Arkeo Investigations in New Jersey. Megan, welcome back to the program. Hi. Great. So, uh, boy, we were covering a whole bunch of different topics, different things that uh, your company does before we jumped out. And uh, we left off with uh, doing the criminal investigations, but that's not really what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about surveillance and basically your take on how to do surveillance. So um, how did you like first get into doing surveillance and how do you get better at doing it? What's your technique for, for learning? Oh, um, when I first got into it, I, I feel like there's like a, there's a natural aspect to a person that, that does surveillance. I don't really know if it's a teachable thing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, at least from my experience, you know, I was kind of natural at it. I knew exactly what to do. You know, don't follow too close, but don't follow too far. Right. Uh, to me, I always think that it's kind of like uh, like hide and seek in your car, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, and through having my own business and going through so many people that are like, I could be a private investigator. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I'll <laughs> give you a chance. And you're like, oh boy. <laughs> oh my God. Like, no, no, you can't. Yeah. Like, maybe like on the computer, but you definitely can't be like a field investigator. Yeah. Um, but I think that there is a natural instinct, you know, um, to know when to, where to sit, you know, what to do when, when to follow. Cause that little, that little part of when the person leaves their neighborhood, that's so critical in surveillance because that's when you're more, more likely to lose them like right yeah. out of the gate than, you know, following them on the parkway like that's easy yep but when they're going through neighborhood roads and like i said like you're kind of playing like hide and seek yeah you know if they're going through like a grid like i live in asbury park so it's like if you are dipping through to get downtown you have to make sure that you don't look like you know like they're kind of blending in so blending in a in a car is definitely something that's learned i guess you know you have to get made a bunch of times uh, in order to figure out like it what you're doing wrong happens to everybody. Yeah. You know, I, I just attended last week, uh, the Georgia association that Gappy had a, um, seminar a virtual seminar and jim nanos okay. was teaching on this stuff oh yeah, yeah. And, I, I actually attended that yeah too. yeah so jim was talking about like uh if you can get a background on the person you're surveying by somebody who actually knows them right so let's say that they're you know you've got a, a one spouse surveying the other spouse and it's like what type of coffee does this person like it's like right. well that's a random question why would you ask that but no it's genius right oh the, he likes dunkin donuts okay so well, where, where does he usually get his dunkin donuts coffee what what store you know do you if you know right and it's like okay you kind of got an idea of when the target's leaving their location they're probably going to grab a cup of coffee before they go right. and do whatever they're doing we are all creatures of habit right exactly i was like wow that is really great you know, like these are things you don't think about, but, but doing that, that pre-investigative work, knowing the right questions to ask right. and really building your, your game plan before you're going in. These are things that, that I don't know if a lot of people do that. I think the good investigators do, you know, right. rather than just sh- showing up, sitting in a car and, you know, checking in every uh, 15, 20 minutes with a picture. Yeah, I'm still here. You know, like set yourself up for a win, right? Not for, yeah. for failure, right? Yeah. And that's one of the perks now is social media is a yeah. is a big help too. I mean, obviously like finding out details from the spouse or, um, you know, that could be absolutely helpful to know their day-to-day patterns. Yeah. But social media is a huge thing. The things that these, that some of these people post is just, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's another investigator that I know down in North Carolina, um, Sarah Capelli, and she's another one that just doing her, her pre-investigative workup. It, it's mm-hmm. impressive. You know, like we've had conversations like, should I check here? Should I do this? Should I do that? I'm like, surveillance is not really my thing, but if you're looking, you know, to build something on somebody, maybe you can check here and do this and do that. I think she's very creative. And this is somebody like she loves sitting in the back of her car. <laughs> like doing stuff. <laughs> I'll get a text every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> every once in a while. She's like, yeah, I, I took this car today. Like she's got a whole different, uh, bunch of different cars that she's using right. and I'm sitting in the back doing all this. I was like, yeah. go girlfriend, <laughs> do, it. <laughs> do what you need to do. Yeah, but the pre-investigative work is definitely like you have to know, kind of get to know the person you're going to follow before you head out there just to sit yeah. on the house, you know, even just the neighborhood and the, and the roots out, you know, um, is it a cul-de-sac? Is it a dead end? You know, is it a rural environment? Is it more of like, and even checking in with the cops because like certain yeah. times, you know, especially now, I find that people are more aware of you sitting in the car and they are more likely to call the cops. But knowing what areas to check in with the cops so then you don't have three of them behind you while you're, right. you know, on site and the person leaves. That's yeah. happened before, too. You know, the cops yeah. get called and the person leaves. Like, yeah. you want to make sure that all of those ends are covered. Right. Um, no, yeah, I, so. I remember when Jim talking about even checking in with the uh, with the, the dispatcher. You know, like, hey, I'm right. here. This is what I'm doing. And then getting a call from the dispatcher. Be like, yeah, somebody just called. Exactly. We're sending a car over. You Time to skedaddle. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's always like, well, who called? You know, like, yeah, is, it, right. is it the person that you're watching or is it somebody right. down the street? Yeah. But that's uh, the other thing, too, with, like, neighbors. You yeah. know, it's like they'll – because I'm, I'm pretty decent towards neighbors. Yeah. You know, it depends on how I'm approached. I've right. definitely been screamed at before yeah. or, like, accused of, like, 
doing narcotics in my car. I remember mm. one time that was a thing right. and that was in like South Jersey. But um, yeah, it's just like, you know, with neighbors, it's like, are you watching me? And it's, right. it's like, if I was watching you, do you think I'd really be sitting like directly in front of your house? Like yeah. the person that I'm watching is like two blocks down, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. You get the, the Johnny justice or, you know, Jenny justice right. that wants to knock on your door, you know, and Hey, what are you doing here? Um, yeah, I, I've definitely seen that. And I, I've heard like another guy who, who comes to mind uh, doing surveillance, George Gerges, you know, out in uh, Indiana, awesome, awesome investigator, does a great teaching on it. Um, it. Basically, you get better by by failing, right? Yeah. You know, and I just kind of kind of learning, you know, it's like it's going to happen. You're going to get made. Uh, I, I remember like back in the day when I was doing this stuff, we had a um, uh, a plumbing supply company that they wanted us to follow their trucks. Like this is way before GPS or anything like that. Right. We have guys that are supposed right. to be making deliveries. They were they're losing time and they disappear for hours. You know, what are you doing? And there were times, listen, where I was there with my freaking camera on my shoulder because that's the technology that was available at this time, sitting in my car, filming a guy who had a flatbed truck. He pulled it over to like the side of the, the road and he pulls out a, a lawn chair, puts it on top of a flatbed truck and he's sunning himself for literally like three hours. I was like, this is gold. This is really gold. Wow. But then I had other ones where guys like pulled their car or pulled the truck into like a shopping center. They get out and two guys, they come running up to my car with like, you yeah. know, pipes in their hand going, who are you? And what are you doing? Why are you following me? I'm like, Oh crud. <laughs> time to, time to go. Like, am I in, yeah. in serious danger here? Funny uh, too, I like certain cases stand out in your mind because yeah. I, there was this one case. Um, the guy was out on disability, but he was running like a landscaping company from his house. I followed him all day, like yeah. probably like six hours, you know, early morning to the afternoon. And this was up in North Jersey, like Morris County. Yeah. And, um, he pulled into it and I'm from up that way. So like, I know the area and he pulled into this neighborhood and I'm like, I've never been over here. Like, what is this? And I'm like, I'm looking at his car and then he knocked on the other side, my <laughs> passenger side. And he's right. like, can I help you? Are you following me? And I was like, no, you know, like, what are you, what are you talking about? Whatever I said, you're paranoid. <laughs> like, Are you an investigator? I'm like, no. And he's like, why is there a camera on your lap? And I was like, I'm going to go, <laughs> but I'm like, you waited all like you, cause they, they get like defensive yeah. too. When that sort of thing happens. Cause it's like, I followed you all day. Like we went to like seven different houses and you're mowing the lawn and trimming the bushes. And now all of a sudden, like yeah. you're mad, you're right, but right. I, I felt okay with getting made that day. Cause I got enough video. You got enough, right? So that he was totally fine. And call your comp attorney. Tell him, uh, tell him to take the deal. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy, crazy. I I know exactly. like um on on the personal injury side, um independent medical examinations, like leaving independent medical examinations. Yeah. So my company would get hired to accompany people to the independent medical examinations for two reasons: one, to make sure the doctor behaves himself and doesn't ask anything he's not supposed to ask, which now becomes your client testifying about their, their, um, you know, medical condition and all that. Right. So that's a big no, no, or they take x-rays when they're not supposed to do that. The other thing is, uh, surveillance, right? Right. You know, what first thing you do when you get into the, you know, you check into the IME place, the doctor's office, they want a photo ID with your address, you know, and all this other stuff. And they're, they're funneling it over to the investigator outside. You know, here's what the guy looks like or the girl looks like, you know, this, you know, they'll be coming out at so-and-so time and blah, blah, blah. And I've had times where I've come out like in Manhattan and it's like, you see the van with the tinted windows. Like I'll just go off and just like knock, knock, knock. <laughs> the guy rolls in the window. I'm like, beat it <laughs> at the bricks. Yeah, well, the IMEs are, you know, from this side of things, you know, the IMEs are the perfect way to identify the person. If they don't have any social media presence, yeah. you don't know what they look like. They, yeah. You don't know what they drive or anything. Yep. You don't know where they live. You know, that's exactly, you know, it's like, well, let's get a medical appointment. And then when yeah. he shows up there, then we follow him from there. Yeah. You know, and the, the receptionists are usually pretty, you know, willing to give you the information, you know, like is so-and-so here. And it's yeah. like, oh, he's right behind you. And right. it's like those medical offices are always so small too. So it's like, you're right on top of each other and you're like, 
Oh, always oh, right behind me. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, I've had I've had investigators sitting in those waiting rooms with cameras yeah, yeah. and briefcases or backpacks. Like, you know, the the client I work for here. Let me show you this video. <laughs> it's like there you are. They're like, I'm glad that you helped the guy fill out the paperwork because it just shows me like going through and I'm not just sitting there, you know, doing my stuff. Yeah. I'm like, all right, because yeah, you have to ID the person, so right. you, you know everybody's name is called. Right. I've done that too. You sit in the waiting room. Yep. And those waiting rooms are brutal. And you're like, there's my guy. I'll go back out to my car, wait for him to yeah. come out. Yeah, they're brutal. I mean, I know some of the places it was like four hours, three, four hours yeah. waiting. And it's just, you know, 40, 50 people sitting in a tiny room. So a lot of times there's like not even enough chairs for people. Absolutely. I used to hate doing IMEs. It was like the worst. I thought it was like the biggest waste of my time. So, yeah. uh, but hey, it was business. We did, we did it. We took care of it. And, uh, you know, that, that I've had times where folks have left the IME and I'm like, okay, be aware of your surroundings. Someone's probably following you. That's okay. Don't change your life. Whatever your routine is, just do it. Right. Just don't, right. you know, don't go run the marathon. Don't go weightlifting. Maybe don't play soccer this weekend, but you know, just be aware of your surroundings. And they're like, okay, right. all right, no problem. They go, they go, they go. And then you get a video of them like literally getting to the end of the block. And this is, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, you know, pulling out a big, big joint, <laughs> just like lighting it up. And it's like, it was more of a big deal back then than it is now. Right. Um, but it's like, you know, the attorney's like, oh, can you believe this guy did this? Like, this is really affecting our case. Um, oh, and then there was the other time where, um, uh, there was a guy who had a, um, he had an injury and his case was really close to being settled. And it was a big injury and like multi-million dollars. He goes on vacation to Dominican Republic or, or it was a Cuba Dominican Republic. I don't know. One of those places. And he's, he's dancing. I was doing salsa. Someone took video of him and they posted online and, and yep. the insurance company found it. And all of a sudden their offer like shrunk by half and when the uh, lawyer was like, why did you do that? Like, that was really irresponsible of you. He goes, yeah, I, I didn't think it would make it to the United States. I thought it was like the YouTube from Dominican Republic. I didn't think it was a big deal. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. All right. Somebody doesn't follow instructions. Yeah. So you see all yeah. things. What, what I'm you're definitely, I've been on cases at medical appointments too, where yeah. you don't necessarily have to go inside. Um, and they've been escorted by people and, this one time I remember specifically, like the, the escort walked, you know, the, the claimant in and then just walked around and like, yeah. he like looked at me like waves and I'm like, what am I going to do now? <laughs> exactly. There's nothing I could do now, you know, <laughs> stick well, I mean, a big that is definitely like, a, you know, anybody <laughs> that does plaintiff work, that is a huge deterrent for private investigators on the other side yeah. to have that, have your people escort it, yeah. you know? Yeah. because they'll pick us out. They know what they're looking for. Wave to us and yeah. blow us a little kiss. And we yeah. say, okay, bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's crazy. So what would you say in, in your opinion is a mistake that some investigators make when they're taking these assignments or getting ready to, to get out there and do it? Um, before they go out there or like while they're out there? Well, let's do both. Let's say what would be a mistake before and what would be a mistake on the job? I think on the job, I think that um, maybe being a little bit too cocky about yourself, mm -hmm. you know, like maybe like sitting too close or, you know, you get confronted by neighbors and you sit there anyway. I've actually had somebody that um, worked for me do that. You know, a neighbor approached him and then he stayed there anyway instead of moving out of the area. Right. You know, that that's a huge mistake. Like you don't the whole point of this is to be unobserved. Like you don't, if you're standing out, like you're doing it, you're doing it totally wrong, you right. know, and be respectful of the people in the area too. If they're bothered by you being there, just, just move, like move yeah. out of their view. They're going to forget about you. Um, but before heading out there, I think, you know, like how we were talking about the pre-surveillance. Um, I think that, that that's a big deal, right. you know, knowing what you're getting yourself into, knowing the area, knowing the person that you're following. Mm -hmm. you know, before you're getting out there, that's, you don't I, want to just go out on surveillance and then figure it out while you're there. You need to know what you're getting yourself into. Right. How would you say your clients react to that billable time? Are they cool with you doing a, a workup or did they give you a little bit of a hard time about it? Um, I guess it depends, you know, right. Do you, do you lay the foundation? Like when you're talking to him about the assignment, like, Hey, we need to do yeah. this in the beginning. Uh, I'm going to tell you now it's going to be X amount of billable hours or it'll be X amount of dollars for us to do this pre-work, but here's why it's important for us to do it. 
you know, we want it to work out for you. Right. Is that like kind of a, the approach you take on it or? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And right. you know, every investigation includes that. And mm-hmm. all of my clients, they know that, that they're getting not just the surveillance report, but the, you know, social media background check type, basic background check type of, um, information included in the report. Right. Um, I don't really charge extra. I personally don't charge extra for that because I have to do that anyway in order to do the investigation. So that's kind of, to me, already like built into the hourly rate, Um, you know, so. Do you get a lot of like, I'm sorry, do you get a lot of subcontracting work from other investigators where they're looking to have coverage in your area done? I do do that too. Yeah. Yeah. Especially um, because I'm a, I'm a female. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of guys in this field and you know, you can't necessarily go in to get a, a facial by somebody's ex-wife. If, um, yeah. if you're, I mean, you could, but yeah. you're not going to blend in as well. Yeah. We've had so a couple of, uh, like that. we've had a couple yeah. of nail salon cases yeah. where they were doing some like shady practices over there. No, nothing, you know, not that kind of shady. It's more like they weren't following the hygiene type stuff. <laughs> you know, like they were supposed to clean tools and do stuff like that. And they didn't. And, you know, people got infections and got really sick, you know, and I think somebody like got an amputation of a toe or something. Cause oh my God. yeah, it was like, it was bad. Right. So they wanted us to do this. And they're like, do you have female investigators? I was like, yes, I do actually. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I think at that time I had two uh, really good uh, females working for me. And, and I was like, Hey, Good news. <laughs> You're going for, uh, for Manny right. Petty. Bad news is people get sick at this place. So be very yeah. careful. <laughs> Go wash your hands and clean yourself off when you're done. <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah. And, uh, they were not know, happy. Like, there's a lot of stuff I'm not really like, that's not really my thing, Yeah, but you know, I enjoy it. You know, you get a little spa day on, right. yeah. make sure the camera's rolling while you're there. But, sure. Sure. You know, Good. We used to do that, you know, like I mentioned my first job from school, um, you know, doing working for the retail company that, that did the, you know, following around the guys on trucks. But one of the other things we did also were integrity checks on restaurants and, mm-hmm. and bars. So we would literally get paid to go have dinner somewhere or, you know, go have drinks somewhere and just sit, sit at the bar for three or four hours and watch the bartender on buybacks. How many buybacks are they doing? How often are they doing it? You know, here's a lot of cash, you know. Don't get super drunk, <laughs> so, right. you know, and, yeah, and I actually and losses, I started yeah. getting into that right before the pandemic um, because I figured with my background, yeah. you know, in the restaurant business, um, I know exactly what to look for. I've yeah. actually at the bars I've worked at, I've had spotters on me, yeah. you know, to see if you're giving away money. I, you know, so I knew I know what to look for. But then yeah. it was like then the pandemic hit and then, you know, restaurants don't have the money to be spending on that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But definitely it, it is, it's entertaining, you know, yeah, it's it fun, fun to do. Yeah. We had some great clients in New York, like Pete's Tavern. It was amazing. Yeah, uh, wow. You know, like it was a great client to have. Oh, I'm sorry. I got to go hang out at Pete's Tavern for four or five hours and watch everybody. Right. right? <laughs> right? Is there a game on? I guess it's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, and then restaurants too. There were some really, really good restaurants. Although we had to eat at Pete's too. So it was like, yeah, Food and, and, and beverage. So, you know, whoever my significant other was at the time, you know, really benefited because I'm like, yeah, you're coming with me. <laughs> I think that that's a, you know, that's an important thing too, as a, yeah. as a private investigator, make sure that like, you know, the person that you're with is willing to go on these little adventures with yes. you every once in a while, yeah, you know, they yeah. have to be just as into it, you know. We had so. a, uh, we had a client that was a, a jewelry company too which was nice. So we would go to the different shops and just do integrity, you know, check out customer service and see how things roll. But I had to like buy jewelry, you know, and right. this place was cool. They're like, if you want to keep it, you know, you can, you can keep it at a discount. They didn't give it to us for free, but they gave us like a, a nice discount to, to do it. So yeah, my significant other at the time did very well. <laughs> She's like, I like, I like this job. You can stay here for a bit. <laughs> you're taking me out to eat. You're putting jewelry on me. Right. Like I'm your yeah. keeper. I'm going to hold on to you for this one. <laughs> One of the cases I actually had to do, which was a sub case, they needed a, a female. I had to go get a wedding arrangements, okay. like wedding flowers. Yep. <laughs> it was just like, I, you know, once it was all said and done, my living room was like filled with roses. There and I'm go. like, what the hell am I doing with them? I'm like, mommy wants some roses. Exactly. Like, who do I give these to? Like, they're, they're just... 
weird. You know? <laughs> hey, look, it's the crazy, the crazy the rose lady. Right? You have to go out one night and just wear, you know, the corsages and the boutonnieres out. <laughs> what she should have done is she should have been like the, the guys that go to the club there, and then he sell roses to to oh, other guys, right? Just could have put them all in a bag and got on there and be like ten dollars, <laughs> right? Yeah. They can't say no in front of their girlfriend. <laughs> like, yeah, of course. <laughs> I used to hate those guys. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they really, uh, they, they create problems if you didn't have some, uh, some extra cash laying around. Right. Uh, good times. <laughs> if I wanted to give me that rose. <laughs> exactly. Right. That was a relationship ender right there. Uh, right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I, I've seen definitely my fair share. Yeah, we've had cases in um, like banquet halls and things like that, where you got to go in and pretext, like you're doing a, a big event. Um, you know, I, I think I was, a, I was trying to identify a portion of a dance floor that was broken. Right. So it's like I had to gain access and I needed a good story to do it. Or actually I'm, I'm remembering now, even back when I worked for the attorney before I, I, I started my own business, they had a, uh, a case at a roller rink in the South Bronx called Skate Key. It was like this huge roller rink, like down by Yankee Stadium where Matt shouldn't be there <laughs> during skating times because Matt may get killed <laughs> down there. <laughs> and I didn't feel like I, I didn't have a company. I didn't have anyone working for me. I didn't really know anybody to do it. So it's like, how do I solve this problem? So I had these business cards made up. I had this whole thing. I had this big intricate pretext of, I'm going to shoot a music video. I work for a production company. We're scouting okay. this area. And I got into the location off hours and was able to get everything I needed to do because of this great <laughs> pretext. You know, I was like, it's the only way I'm not getting killed. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. See, was, that's, a, that's a huge thing. It's like thinking outside of the box. Right. Like you can't, every case is ran totally differently and requires different, you know, different aspects like you know yeah. what you just said like with the production company so it's, yeah. that's that's very important too is you can't handle each case as being the same you know staple case everything is totally different yeah you know that's also one of the reasons why i love doing this too is yeah. every day is different you have no idea what's going to happen on a day-to-day -day basis when Absolutely. you're out doing surveillance you have Absolutely. no clue yeah if you're hanging out with Matt, you're probably getting fed and, and getting jewelry. So <laughs> it's, all, it's all good stuff. But yeah, I had uh, I had business cards made. I created fake email addresses. I mean, I was all in on this, right? I was like one step away from from you know WordPress creating like a production company website. Uh, it, it, fortunately enough, it was early back in the day where folks didn't really. The internet was kind of there, but it wasn't really something that was right. getting pounded like that. But yeah, I had this whole backstory um, and it, I went with it. And, and at the end of the day, I got what I needed. So yeah, yeah you never know. It's awesome. all, all good stuff. Um, all right, we're going to wind down here. Uh, this was really, really awesome, Megan. I appreciate it. Um, how do folks get a hold of you if they have any questions? Um, my website is archaeopi.com. Uh, so that's A-R-K-E-O-P-I.com. Mm-hmm. And my 1-800 number is one eight five 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 zero 50 rko Okay. So before we wrap up here, what advice can you give to maybe the female investigator uh, just on your own experiences on, on how to succeed and, and be a business owner here and, and, and get to that eight-year mark? <laughs> maybe they're just starting up or struggling or something. What, what type of advice would you give them? I would say um, one of my biggest things for myself was uh, kind of growing into myself and being myself because I was told as a woman, you're always kind of told to be a certain way, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so as an investigator, I think that as long as you are as natural as you possibly can be, you right. know, you will succeed. Yeah. There's no reason to, you know, be the sexy PI or, you know what I mean? Use right. that sort of avenue, you know, if you're a little bit more tomboyish or whatever, then play that part into your business, you know, and just be as natural and confident as you can in yourself, you know, yeah. and that there's not just not with PIs. That's just, I think with women own businesses and in, in general, you know, the more genuine you are, the more likely you are to get business. You know, nobody really wants to do somebody with somebody that's phony in this bit in this business particularly. So I think that that, um, that would be the advice that I would give to any females trying to break into the field and also not to be intimidated by, you guys, yeah. you know, because it is a male dominated <laughs> field. So yeah. guilty as know, charged. 
<laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It can, it can be intimidating. And, you know, understand that you, you know, you, you guys have earned the right to a seat at the table, you know, like yeah. Yeah, there are some fantastic female investigators out there, like really, really good. And it's, it's kind of a no brainer and it's not just, not just from the matrimonial side or surveillance side. Yes. All right. That's, that's a softball, right? Yeah. Great. Right. No one's going to see a woman coming, right? We all know that. Right. But we also don't realize the thinking that goes behind it, right? The intuitiveness and, and just the ability to pay attention to detail. I'll be the first to say it, that I think females are, are really good at that. Like they really, you know, understand how to work something through. Um, I, I've never shied away from hiring a female employee that it was more than just office support. You know, like I have field investigators. Right. I've had many over the years, you know, both male and female. Like I've never, to me, it was like the qualifications, right? What do you have? You know, do you at least have a background or are you trainable? You know, that's more right. important to me than you know, whether or not you're male or female. And it's weird because you do get attorney clients sometimes where they're like, I want somebody who's a specific race, you know, or, right. or a specific gender to go to this neighborhood to talk to somebody. It's like, really? Because I, th I don't think that should be, you know, I think you need somebody who's really good at what they do and somebody who can adapt. it depends on the neighborhood. Yeah. You know some, I mean? Somebody like, who can I adapt. I a surveillance case yeah. that in Trenton and it's like, I'm not, right. I'm not blending in in Trenton. Right. You know, so it is important to have a wide array of, you know, people that work for you. Yeah. Or you, you know, can blend in if you, if you, anything. if you create the narrative, you can blend in, you know, like, Hey, I'm shooting a music video. I'm, I'm, I'm casing the area. Right. Like I walk into a building and they think I'm like, are you with social yeah. services? I'm like, no, no, no. You know? So yeah, I, I, I did have but one. Anyway, I, had a, I had a man go out there and yeah. he did it awesome. You know, yeah. he thrived in that area. One more quick story before we wrap up. So I did have a situation where it was a, one of these gentlemen's clubs in okay. in an area that again i should not have been in you know and my client was like i want you to go in there because it was a, it was a a, a stair de defect in the vip area so i was like first of all i'm not going to get in there second of all if i do get in there the second i take my phone out to take photos they're throwing me out right nobody's allowed to take photos in those situations yeah, you can't have like you can't do this stuff i'm like so what are you thinking you know like everybody gets pat down going in there this and that so he's like no i want you to go and do it and i went there and i crashed and burned they were nice to me they didn't throw me out but they were like yeah this guy shouldn't be here something's up right, right. round two i had one of the females from my who worked with me first of all i was like hey are you comfortable going to this situation? Cause if you're not, I'm not putting you out there. And she's right. like, are you kidding me? This is great. I do this with my girlfriends all the time. We go out and it was like, we love to have fun there. I was like, okay, go do this stuff, get into the VIP area and get me what I need to get. And she got it done. Nobody saw it coming. Right. You know? Oh, she's got her phone in hand. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's texting with her friends and all that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, she just snap, 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 whatever, you know, and it was a lighting condition. Uh, and it was just like, we needed to see what that stairway looked like before we had a discovery and inspection. And this okay. was a, this was a huge case. I mean, it, like they made a lot of money. In fact, they put that, that club out of business. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess they, their insurance, uh, covered it and then they went out of business or, or they went out of business and then insurance covered it, whatever it was. But yeah, so just being creative like that. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, Megan, this was great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate everybody tuning in and uh, checking out and learning more about you and, and your, your story. Please follow up with her if you have any questions on doing this stuff and uh, congratulations on eight years. I, you know, keep at thank it. You. You're doing a great job. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. Yeah. Was, I had a lot of fun. It was a good conversation. No problem. No problem. Thanks everybody. We'll catch you guys on the next show. Take care. Thank you, Megan, for coming on and talking about your specialties in this industry. If you need surveillance work in New Jersey, don't hesitate to contact Megan and her team. We'd also like to thank Crosstracks, PI Institute of Education, Merlin Locate, Delft Point, Nally, and Stumar Investigations for sponsoring the show. Don't forget to check out investigatorstoolbox.com because now you can join through the app available on iOS and Android platforms. You'll be able to access the whole site right from your smartphone. There's no better time than today to finally sign up for the site. For only 49 cents a day, you can take advantage of some great networking, training, and data resource management. And if you use code PIP201836, you can save an extra $20. If you have a question or comment about the show, email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. You can also find him on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. We'd like your feedback to bring you the best shows possible. And we'll be back on Monday with a new show, so make sure you tune in. Now stay safe out there.